Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. My name is Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode zero, a short introductory episode to give you a chance to learn a little bit more about me, how I got here, what this podcast will be about, and what you can expect from future episodes. Thanks for being here. If I was asked to write a really short general about me and where my life is right now, I would tell you that I live in Middle Tennessee, about 30 minutes north of Nashville, and I'm living on 13 acres of land with my partner of eight years and our five animals, three dogs and two cats that I adore. We've been living here for about seven months. Previously, we were living in South Nashville before we decided to go ahead and look for the property that we'd always dreamed about. The plan is that I'll be starting a medicinal herb farm here on the 13 acres beginning this spring, hopefully growing enough successfully here that I can wholesale bulk herbs to other herbalists and herbal product makers, as well as using those herbs to make my own products, both to sell and to use with clients once I'm ready to start seeing them. Another big goal here is to grow as much of our own food as possible. I've always been really passionate about gardening in terms of growing vegetables. It's just the herbs that are new to me right now. I'll talk more in a few minutes about my history with gardening and farming in various incarnations throughout my life. Another thing is that I'm a little bit over a year into my formal herbal studies, something I've always been interested in and finally decided to come back to about a year and a half ago. And I'll talk about that as well here soon. So where did all of this start from? I grew up in Florida, and I remember always planning for homes in the woods when I was a kid. I would make these little clubhouses with my brother or by myself, pulling random, you know, things that honestly were were trash, but I didn't know any better. Pulling these things, you know, into little structures that we'd put together and basically playing house either by myself or with him. And, you know, when I wasn't actually outdoors doing this, I was inside dreaming about it and sketching out, you know, homes for myself on graph paper. It was very organized and methodical. I think I might even still have some of these drawings somewhere. If I can find them, I will post them to my Instagram and link back to them in the show notes for this. But I remember getting super detailed with these plans, fireplaces, bookshelves, digging a hole in the ground and lining it with a metal trash can to use for food storage. I was super into this idea. A lot of this was fueled by my love of reading, and there were books that still have had an impact on me to this day. I remember Jean Craighead George, My Side of the Mountain in that series, Scott O'Dell's Island of the Blue Dolphins, Gary Paulson and Hatchet. I remember reading all of these, and they just lit this fire inside of me to think that I could go out there and make a little home for myself, live off of the land and be able to survive and thrive doing this. I think it's interesting as I put this list together of which books really impacted me when I was younger and led to my dreams of homesteading that I didn't read a lot of the books that other people did in terms of sort of having a group or a family to do this with you know, Swiss Family Robinson, The Little House on the Prairie books. I never read these when I was a kid. I was always stuck on these ideas of, 
you know, a single person going off on their own and striking out and making all this work for themselves. Uh, This probably has to do with some things I could tie back to my childhood. But let's just say the dream to get out and on my own was strong. And I've been a pretty independent person all of my life. I'm happy to say that I live a much more community-oriented life now. And I'm actually pretty glad that my dreams of going out and just being alone forever didn't actually pan out. (laughs) Because my life is pretty great. And I'm really thankful for the family and friends and community that I've found myself in. But as a kid, it was a pretty appealing idea to just only have to be responsible for myself and to go off and live in the woods. When I think back over my childhood, so many of the memories that really stand out to me as being the happiest tie back into nature and being outdoors in some way. I was born in Maine, and we moved to Florida when I was six. But in the years prior to that, I have such vivid memories of doing things like snow sledding or going to a lake in the summer and generally just being outdoors a ton when we were there. And that didn't change when we moved to Florida either. I remember one of the apartments that we lived in, our neighbor who sometimes babysat us uh, had a row of honeysuckle running down the whole length of the wall on her outer side of that building that we both lived in. And that was honestly one of my first experiences uh, with herbs now that I think about it. And just, you know, eating the nectar from those flower blossoms was just this amazing, like vivid memory from childhood for me. Also in the front yard of that same uh, apartment building, there was this tree that had this huge tangle of wisteria growing up against it, which, you know, we know is like an invasive species and all. But to me as a child, it was just this beautiful, you know, flowering bush. And it actually formed this little cave of vines all around the tree. And I remember sometimes actually just climbing inside there with a book to read. And it just felt like the most magical space in the world to be in at that time. Fast forward to eighth grade in middle school. And our school actually had some really cool elective classes. So we had an agricultural class and also a technology class. And they were each one semester long. But because I was a little suck up and an okay student, I got to have this like student aid position. And so I basically, one semester would take agriculture, but be the aid to the technology teacher. And then the next semester took technology, but was an aid to the agricultural teacher. And I loved this because the technology teacher was actually a really amazingly kind person who helped me work on my writing and was really amazing, introduced me to stained glass and all sorts of things that I had never encountered before and was a really positive influence on my life. And then I also got to do gardening for a full year, which I loved. And it was my first experience really getting to see the full cycle with plants of starting seeds, putting them into the ground, watering them, nurturing them, seeing them grow, and then actually getting to harvest things from them and bring those things home and actually eat them and and see those become, you know, meals that my family would eat. And it was incredible. It felt so empowering and liberating. And like, it was like holding freedom every, every time I had this, you know, plastic grocery bag full of, you know, squash or zucchini to take home. I was the proudest kid ever. I thought this was just the most amazing thing. And it really had a lasting Uh, impact on me and definitely steered me towards where I am now, undoubtedly. I think between that year-long experience of getting to grow food and bring it home with me 
And then combined with the books that I was reading at that time also that I mentioned earlier in this episode, I think this is when I first really started to to really seriously dream about what it would mean to have a homestead, to be growing all of my own food, living you know, self-sufficiently and independently. These ideas really started to take root in my mind, and they really haven't ever left me to, at this point. Unfortunately, farming really took a backseat for several years for me after this. Um, as I went into high school and, you know, school got a little bit harder. I was playing sports, you know, year round playing volleyball. My parents had insisted I pick a sport so that I'd have a chance at maybe an athletic scholarship for college. So I was really dedicating myself to that year round playing on my high school's team in the fall and then a traveling club volleyball team in the spring. Luckily for me, though, the plants had something in mind for me and they would not stay out of my life for very long. Um, I started dating someone in high school and we ended up having an eight year long relationship and through that relationship and getting to become part of their family, uh, I, I had a lot of connections to the plant world through that. Their mom was an herbalist and acupuncturist and their stepfather was running an organic farm on their property. They did a CSA every week and at various points during my relationship with this person, I was actually able to work out there on the farm, you know, with their family. And I learned so much. And the biggest thing I learned was just how happy it was making me. Um, I was in school and doing other various jobs at different points, you know, working in the on-campus computer lab, working at a law office, teaching pottery in the arts and crafts studio on campus. I had lots of different jobs, you know, all through my, you know, teen and early adult years. And honestly, the thing I always came back to, the thing that I really and honestly just loved the most was anything that got me out there outside, working with plants, doing things with my hands. And I learned so much, you know, um, I was able to, you know, learn about, you know, farming and growing things, learn how to can vegetables, get the experience of going and vending at a farmer's market and, you know, what it took for them to run a weekly CSA producing, you know, vegetable baskets. It was an incredible experience and you know, even though that relationship ended, I'm so grateful for everything I got to experience with that family. My time with them really helped me flesh out the ideas in my head about what a life, you know, full of plants could look like for myself and that it didn't have to be a lonely life of me just living alone in the woods and that in fact it could involve a lot of community and I could be a part of a community where people relied on me for, you know, vegetables every week or for help with, you know, healing and and things like that. And it was really inspiring and definitely helped me, you know, get onto the track of where I am today. But, and there's always a but, right? So here, here's the but of my story is that we don't always listen to our hearts and we talk ourselves out of the path that we know we want to follow. And we let other people talk us out of it also. So I, you know, went back to college decided I need to, you know, pick a career for myself, looked around at what I was doing and realized, well, I like working with teenagers. I really like teaching. I'm good at math and English. All right, I'll become a middle school teacher. So I got my degree and I did that for six years. And you know what? I actually, I liked it. I really enjoyed working with middle school age kids. I think they're amazing they get such a bad rap. You know, I would always tell people, you know, oh, I I teach middle school and their response is just one of horror. You know, how do you do it? You know, those kids are terrible. Honestly, they, they weren't. They were humans dealing with problems 
dealing with emotions, dealing with so much happening in their lives where everything feels huge and magnified relative to the rest of their life experience. And you're just trying to help them muddle through and help them figure it out while also, you know, meeting state standards at the same time and trying to teach them some things. It's not their fault. They're just trying to make it through the day too, just like myself and 90% of the other teachers that I ever interacted with. It was a struggle for all of us. Anyway, while I was teaching, I also decided to take up Muay Thai kickboxing. And that also lasted for about six years for me. I became a fighter. I knew from the minute I took my first class that this wasn't going to be, you know, just learning self-defense. I wanted, I wanted to fight and train for that. And I came back in, told my coach, you know, after the very first class, hey, I want to do this. He said, all right. And so my days were incredibly busy. I would get up, go teach middle school, and then go train for four hours, come home, shower, eat dinner, grade papers, fall asleep for a few hours, go back and do it all again. Had my first fight after about three and a half months of training, won by TKO in the second round, and I was definitely hooked. And Muay Thai took up six years of my life as an amateur fighter. I finished with a record of eight and three. I won two title belts. I got to fight on the amateur U.S. world team, fought with them in Italy, and took home two silver medals. And then it was just kind of time to stop. Unfortunately, um, there weren't a lot of opportunities for female fighters, especially in my weight class, to turn pro. And I needed to keep making a living and moving forward with my life. So it was time to move on to something else. I've always loved everything about food, from growing it, to cooking it, to plating it, photographing it, you name it. So I thought, well, why don't I look into opening a restaurant? And before I do that, let's get some actual real restaurant experience, since, you know, there are those horrible statistics out there about what percentage of restaurants fail within the first five years. And I didn't want to just jump into this blindly and risk a lot of money that I didn't have at the time. So I started working in restaurants and quickly moved up into restaurant management. And I did that for about three years and, you know, felt like I was moving along at a pretty good pace, except I never saw my family. The hours are intense. I was on my feet, you know, 14, 16 or more hours a day, not eating good food. I was planning to open a restaurant that was, you know, health food, but drive-through based. And so I was working in similar-ish restaurants, aka fast food, which means I was surrounded by not very great food. And I was definitely partaking of it quite often and a bit too much, you know, basically living on soda and French fries on my feet 16 hours a day, doing a high stress job where you're not moving a whole lot, especially if you're working on the food line, you know, running a shift from the kitchen back there. It really started to have a huge impact on my health as well as all of my relationships. You know, my partner, my friends, they're all like, where are you? You know, we never see you. And it was just starting to make me more and more unhappy. And I realized I can't do this. You know, I'm working 70, 80 hours a week at a restaurant when it's not even my restaurant yet. I'm going to be even more invested when it is my place. How many more hours a week can I possibly work and still hope to maintain any sense of normalcy and maintain my relationships? And so I realized, okay, this is not going to be my end game right now. This, this can't be it. And so I really had to do some thinking. And then my mom uh, got hurt. She lives in Florida still and got a phone call that she had fallen 
um, and had injured her back really badly, was going to need surgery and needed someone down there. And I ended up going down there with her for two weeks to help her with recovery, you know, staying, you know, at the hospital with her through the surgery and then taking her back home to her house and helping her out there. And while I was there, you know, I had left in a hurry from Tennessee to get down to Florida, hadn't had a chance to pack a whole lot of things with me to do. And so I had a lot of time to think, um, a lot of time just, you know, driving around old familiar neighborhoods that I hadn't, you know, really spent time in in quite a while, taking her out to do errands and just lots of conversations with her. And it really gave me the space away from my life and away from a busy schedule to really think about, you know, what do I want and what makes me happy? And funnily enough, the things that I kept coming back to were all the memories that I've already told you about all these, you know, times being outdoors, working with plants, growing plants, farming, gardening, canning vegetables, working with herbs, and also the idea of, you know, helping people. And so I just started to think more and more about it. And, you know, okay, could I do this? Could, could I have a farm? Could I grow herbs? Could I actually, you know, do something that would help people and have a lasting impact? And I realized, you know, I keep coming back to this and I keep walking away from it because it doesn't seem practical. It doesn't seem responsible. And I get sidetracked into all these other careers. I do them for a few years and then I either get burnt out or I go as far as I can with them and I realize it's not making me happy. So what if, even if it wasn't practical, even if on paper it seems like it's not a good idea, what if I actually just went after what I wanted? If life is always going to have its ups and downs, which we know it will, wouldn't it be better to be struggling at the things that I'm madly in love with and want to be doing than, you know, the practical thing that looks good on a resume or on LinkedIn. So yeah, that's how I got here on 13 acres of land in middle Tennessee, getting ready to start a medicinal herb farm and about six months away from finishing my current herbal study program, though there will always be another one immediately after that. We never really stop learning. And I love podcasts. That's really what also brought us here today. I've been a huge fan of podcasts for years. I find them so informative and entertaining and inspiring. And there are some really great podcasts out there about homesteading and herbalism. And I love them. Uh, But one of the things I've noticed is that they're often by people who have been doing this for a while and they're pretty established and they have a great deal of knowledge to share. And you know, they'll share things in hindsight and and review, you know, what they've done in the past. But I was wondering, what would it be like to start a podcast kind of from the beginning here at the start of my journey and let you come along with me for the ride Um, and for the laughs, because I'm sure I'm going to have plenty of struggles and mistakes. And so come laugh along with me as I struggle through this. And hopefully we'll get to the point here in a few years where things are more established and I feel like I know a bit more than I already do. Um, Though again, we'll never stop learning. But yeah, I just thought, let's do this. Let's take you along. Let me put my ego aside. You know, I think we often have this need to present ourselves as being incredibly competent and knowing, you know, whatever it is that we could possibly know. And so I'm just going to put it out there for you that I obviously don't know everything. I never will. Um, But definitely right now, I'm still very new into my 
herbal studies. Um, like I said, only about a year. And so here comes that little legal disclaimer. <laughs> so obviously any information you get about herbalism, plants, um, any sort of remedy you hear about on a podcast, a website, a book, anywhere, you should probably do your own research and come to your own conclusions about anything that someone tells you, especially when it comes to your own health. But obviously I should just say for legal reasons, I am not an expert at anything. So if you hear something, feel free to do your own research. Please do your own research, whether it comes from me or anybody. Double, triple check your sources, get confirmation elsewhere before you ever eat something, make a tea, make a salve, put something in your body or on your body. That's just common sense, but should probably say it. Okay, now that that's out of the way, here's what you can expect from this podcast. I want to talk about what's happening here on the farm, um, both the medicinal herb side as well as the produce side, because we'll still be growing plenty of fruits and vegetables here, um, even if it's just for us to consume. I also want to talk about what I'm learning about in regards to herbalism. And that can come from a variety of sources, whether from formal classes that I'm taking, either online or in person, conferences I attend, books I'm reading, podcasts I'm listening to. I'm always out there looking for more information, and I'd love to share some of that with you as I come across it and as I put it into practice. I also want to talk about efforts to live more simply, reduce expenses, move towards the idea of zero waste, and also really focus on building community. Like I said before, I'm no longer this person set on going out into the woods and living by myself, and I've come to realize how vital community is and share with you some of my successes and hopefully not too many failures at trying to create and foster a community around me. I'll also talk about the things that are inspiring me, people, podcasts, books, etc., and hopefully leave you with some ideas to implement in your own life, things to try, things to be looking forward to in the future. Each episode will hopefully be just around 30 minutes because I know we all have plenty going on, and my plan is for this to come out on the first and third Wednesday of each month. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at foxandelder, all one word. And you can also email me at foxandelder at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm so excited that you're going along on this journey with me. I promise you that it will be interesting and also probably give you plenty to laugh at in terms of misadventures here as well. All right, signing off for now. Until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open.